It's time for the Mr. Wonderful Show. Here's your host, Mr. Wonderful. Well, welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show. Very happy to be here with you on this December 1st. My goodness, where has 2021 gone? I mean, seriously, we blinked, and all of a sudden, unlike 2020, 2021 just flying by. So welcome to the final countdown of the year as we gear up for 2022. Uh, If you are tuning in and this is your first time, well, welcome. If you are a returning listener, well, welcome back. Uh, As always, you can subscribe to this show. We are on every streaming platform you can possibly think of. So you can subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Also, leave a review. If you are listening on something like Apple, please leave a review. It gets the show out there a little bit easier for people to find what we are doing here. And uh, also, you know, please share the show with your friends, family. Hey, Thanksgiving just passed. Hopefully you had a great Thanksgiving. Hopefully nothing too crazy went down. No crazy Uncle Bobby or whatever, you know, diving into the latest everything that shouldn't be discussed around the dinner table that causes your aunt what's her name to go absolutely crazy and then the next thing you know you're stuck there and you're just going into your bedroom with the bottle of wine and wondering why you went home for the holidays none of that happened with me no I had a really good Thanksgiving uh the trip back to Long Island sucked but I don't know what I was expecting left much later in the day than I wanted to which meant I ended up sitting well I shouldn't say I me and the lady ended up sitting in just about four hours worth of New York, New Jersey traffic. I mean, I wanted to get back. I, my goal was to leave early enough from where we live to hit New Jersey and go through New York before one in the afternoon or two in the afternoon being the latest because coming from up there, I know everybody is starting to leave their jobs around one thirty two up in the New York area. They sneak out early and you probably snuck out early also. It's not just the northern. This this isn't just a New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, tri-state area thing. Like this is an everywhere thing. Holiday weekends, man, you're you're going in because the cool thing about Thanksgiving and then, uh, you know, listen, we have a great show. I'm not going to go off on Thanksgiving. You want to hear Thanksgiving stuff. You can go back to last week's show. As I got you uh, ready for the Thanksgiving holiday with my Ghostbusters Afterlife talk, which I'll take credit for that. I'll say we're the reason uh, the Mr. Wonderful show is the reason Ghostbusters Afterlife was number two at the Thanksgiving box office. But the cool thing about Thanksgiving, and this is why I knew I was hitting traffic if I got to New York any later than two o'clock and it was going to be a nightmare. It's really the only holiday that is an extended four or five days, sometimes an entire week off from work because no matter what your job is, like it is one of the still universally given days off. You're going to get Thanksgiving and then normally you get Black Friday as well. I know my company, listen, I work in an industry in which they will make you work whatever day they can possibly make you work and they are even like you get Thanksgiving and Black Friday is kind of a floating day. If you come in and work, You can take a day some point later down. It doesn't go against your days. It's just an extra. You gained a day. If you don't work, cool. No harm, no foul. So even in my industry in radio, they're like, you can get Thanksgiving and Black Friday. So it's an extended weekend for everybody. It's a four-day weekend no matter what. So people sometimes just take the extra personal day the day before. Or 
as I knew would be the case heading back to New York, everybody around the world is trying to get out of work as early as they possibly can. And usually bosses are going to do the, hey, thanks for coming in. It's one o'clock. You can go home if your work's done. Like, no need for you to just fill out the rest of the work day sitting here. So it's really one of those, it's the only one, like, you could say for Christmas, but Christmas is usually... I mean, listen, in radio, we do not get Christmas Eve, although I think we're getting it this year because Christmas is on like a Saturday. Uh, The same with New Year's Eve. You usually don't get both of the days. You get one of them. You get Christmas Day and like New Year's Day. You get off, but you got to work the other one. It's not a floater. It's not one of those given days off, but Thanksgiving. And then the other thing too is, you know, like I said, with Christmas and New Year's, they're falling on Saturdays this year. So Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve are on Fridays. Chances are you're getting that Friday, so it's going to be an extended weekend. But Thanksgiving, you always know, is on a Thursday. So it means if you have a job that gives you Thanksgiving and then Black Friday, you know you're always going to have a four-day weekend coming up. So hopefully you had a resting, relaxing four-day weekend. Uh, But as I mentioned, there is a lot to get into in this show. Uh, I watched a lot of things. Going to talk about that in just a moment. Uh, But December, I said it, it is here. So we'll look ahead, some stuff to be excited about with the month of December. Uh, I got a funny story out of Canada. Not funny, kind of a serious story out of Canada, eh? Uh, So uh, I'll get that queued up here in just a moment. Plus, of course, going to go through the headlines. Uh, That's that's kind of how this show began. But as I've, if you've been listening since episode one, hey, the show's constantly evolving. We're going to one day land on what this show fully is. uh, And hopefully in the near future, I uh, actually do have some cool things lined up in the near future. So the show is starting to take shape as to uh, what this show is going to be. Excuse me. It will, is going to be moving forward. I had to cough there for a second. So uh, I'm, I'm very excited about it. Uh, but yeah, a lot to get to. Uh, a lot of things happening. It's funny. There wasn't a lot happening in Hollywood because of Thanksgiving and everything. But there are a few things to hit later on in the show. But we'll get to the news later on. I do want to start, though. Uh, with really what I think was a big thing for Thanksgiving, at least this year it felt like it, which was there was a lot to watch. I actually did not get to the movie theaters, so I didn't get a chance to see any of the new movies, but you had the House of Gucci film come out. The number one movie in America was Enchanto, the Disney film. You, You also had the new Resident Evil movie, and I guess I should say, damn me, and damn all of you as well. If We've been asking for a Resident Evil movie to be close to the adaptation of the game. Like a closer adaptation of the game. And they dropped it and none of us went. But I, I truly blame that on the Thanksgiving weekend. Because there was no way in hell I was seeing that over Thanksgiving. Like it's just a bad time to drop that movie. Uh, but that ended up being a box office bomb. So that's, that's probably we're never going to see a sequel to that film. And I'm shocked that we're even still going to see whatever Netflix is doing because I figured the producers of anything Resident Evil would be pulling out after. It was number five at the box office, but what a bad weekend. It's just everything taken into account. And I kind of talked about this last week with Ghostbusters and why I think a lot of the conversation and why it became such a divisive franchise is really annoying with, with numbers and things like that, not looking deeper into the numbers because somebody claimed that the the female reboot in 2016 wasn't a box office failure and you can't call it a failure if the numbers are all equal to the same if it had a higher opening by two million dollars from the new one excluding the budget and how much money it didn't make back 
or produce. So yeah, the Resident Evil movie doesn't seem like it's going to even make back its budget at this point, which, oh boy. So that's on all of us. Uh, We'll wear that. But there was a lot out. uh, And the streaming services really got in. The big one that I saw a lot of people actually talking about surprisingly it came from disney plus but it wasn't really hawkeye i saw people talking about hawkeye but i felt i saw more people talking about the beatles documentary the get back special the peter jackson lord of the rings director reviving and revitalizing uh, all this footage from the let it be recordings and stuff like that and getting this behind the scenes look of the beatles and, and getting to see the beatles in their at their most fractured point right before they broke up as a band and shocked the world and getting to see this intimate recording session transpire as they're trying to write new music, uh, perform live for the first time. Where are they going to do it? How are they going to do it? Now, I, I saw so many people talking about this online and I get it. It was like I haven't even finished this documentary yet or, or this special or whatever the hell we want to call it. I think it's being called a documentary. I believe it is. But it's compelling what I have seen so far. Like, this is the one thing I haven't been able to finish yet, but I did start it over the weekend. And, and yeah, it is I, I, really compelling stuff. I, I can't believe I'm saying that about just watching four guys in a recording studio, but seeing the tension, seeing how they operate and how their brains work and watching them... It really is an intriguing special documentary on on Disney Plus. Plus, probably the only thing you're going to see on Disney at this point that's got smoking in it, alcohol, and they're dropping the f bombs. So you get foul language on Disney Plus with that. Because what I think they didn't they censor the f bomb in Hamilton, like the two f bombs or something, or they give you like a massive disclaimer saying it says one extremely bad word. There are other bad words in that show, but like the F-bomb being the worst. So I can't wait to get back to watching that documentary on the Beatles. That's definitely, it's, I like how they did it in three parts. It, it, it is, it's something that you can start and leave. That's what I really like about it. Cause that's what I've been doing with it. I've been starting it and I've been leaving and I've been able to come back. It, it's not, you know, I'm not watching the plot of a show. I'm not in the middle of like, a monologue or something like that. It's just the process that they're going through. And it's, it's really intriguing to watch for sure. Uh, but things that I did actually get to watch and things that, uh, I, I fully recommend, uh, is Hawkeye. I mentioned that I didn't see a lot of people talking about that, but Hawkeye did come out, watched my plan with Hawkeye was to watch the first episode, like, for 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 the lady and I to watch the first episode and then go about our business with everything else and then watch episode two like the next day or something. We weren't planning on watching the first two back to back, but that first episode was really compelling and moved really fast, I felt. And once it ended, we were like, all right, well, I guess we're just going to watch the second episode. And the second episode just kept going. And kept that pace and kept moving forward. And I'm really excited. I know episode three came out today. Uh, if you're listening to this as it dropped on December 1st, it's, it's a show that comes out every Wednesday, the same as this show. So I can't wait to get home and watch that later tonight. I've been avoiding spoilers online for anything. 
involving that. But yeah, I really like the Hawkeye show. I'm really curious to see where it goes. I've loved the introduction of Haley Steinfeld. I think she's been really fun as Kate Bishop so far. So I'm I'm digging that. I'm curious where the show is going to go because there's a lot of things. You know, we know some things are lingering from like Black Widow. Uh, we we know some things are lingering from other aspects of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that could tie into this or might tie into this or should tie into this and will probably tie into this. So I'm really into the Hawkeye series right now. And and kudos again. This is this is where the spinoff stuff and the expanding out of the movies really helps because in just the two episodes of the Hawkeye show, I'm already like, all right, I kind of dig this character a little bit more. I like how they're self-aware at the fact that he's just kind of lingering in the back, brooding, kind of not really much of anything compared to all the other Avengers, including Black Widow. So I, I really dug that. Uh, and just where the shows, how the shows are able to expand these characters that, we, you know, like, listen, by the time we get to Avengers, we've we've had two plus hours with Chris Evans as Captain America. We had two hours of Hemsworth as Thor. We had two Iron Man movies. So we had over four hours of Robert Downey Jr. as that character. Plus, we had Black Widow in that second Iron Man movie. So like, you know, we, we, we had a lot of these characters we had been introduced to like, yeah, Jeremy Renner and Hawkeye is, you know, I guess considered one of the originals, but he just popped up in the Avengers movie and was just there. And then that's it. He's always been a side character that's gotten some moments. He's gotten some, you know, he, he gets a moment of film, but when you get a moment of film and, You've got Thor getting six moments in a movie and Captain America getting six moments in a movie and Iron Man getting eight and Spider-Man coming in and getting more than you in a movie. You know, sp- like Spider-Man's introduction into the MCU, bigger than Hawkeye's. Hawkeye was like, oh, wow, they just, look, Hawkeye's just sitting in his little bird's nest up there. All right. Oh, and now he's possessed. Okay. Tesseract got him. Gotcha. So Hawkeye's going to be like evil Avenger for this movie until the end. Gotcha. Spider-Man gets the cool... Hey guys, I took Cap Shield. Hey everybody. You know, like, and then we've gotten three Spider Man movies now. Well, two Spider Man movies, the third one coming out, and more Spider Man news later on in the show as well, because we might not be done with three Spider Man movies. There might be more on the horizon with Mr. Peter Parker. So I love the shows being able to dive deeper into these characters. I felt it with WandaVision as well. It's why I'm really stoked for the Agatha all along like it's not called Agatha all along but the Agatha show because listen we had some time to grow with that character in that show to where I'm super interested in where else it can go and it makes eventually for these characters getting onto the big screen it makes for whatever happens with them matter more you know think about I I really honestly yes Infinity War I'm going to talk about spoilers because at this point, if you're listening to this show and you haven't watched that movie, but fuck you, you know, like, and I mean that in the nicest way, but if you haven't like Infinity War, yeah, cool. Like more than 90% of the heroes evaporate, but a lot of them, it was like, oh shit, Scarlet Witch is gone. All right. That's, 
all right, bye Wanda, all right, bye Vision, you know, but now that those shows came out, by the end of that show, I'm bawling like, you know, I'm not crying the way I was when it was like, oh crap, the Guardians of the Galaxy are gone? What? We got two movies with them and I love them and they're gone? Holy crap, that sucks. Oh man, Spider-Man is tearing me apart because I love Peter Parker. But now, by the end of the WandaVision show, I was in tears. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love these characters. We need more. Thank goodness we found a way to bring Vision back with the West Coast version of Vision. So, I love the shows for being able to do that. And I think somebody mashed it up. In all the time that like these characters, I think it was Wanda was the big one that they did where... You had WandaVision, which was over six hours, like six hours of of screen time for this character. In all of the movies, she had like 10 minutes of screen time, that character, Wanda. So one episode of that show was already more screen time for that character to develop than all of the movies combined. So, you know, the show's getting the job done. Hawkeye so far, very much into it. Uh, We'll see where episode three goes. Maybe you've seen it. Definitely let me know what you think, though, of that show. Uh, Some other things, though, going on. uh, That's really all I've watched so far. Oh, no, I'm sorry. There was one other thing I watched. The South Park post-COVID special I got to watch, which, pretty funny. Pretty funny stuff. Pretty, pretty good. Not going to lie on that one. So, yeah, uh, the post-COVID episode of South Park, this began their whole, like, we're making 50 movies in three years for Paramount Plus deal where they got paid a buttload of money. And I I thought this was a really funny special, but I was slightly disappointed, but more so from the fact that it's only an hour and it's clearly a part one of probably a, a three-parter. But it was sold as we're going to get answers to things. And it gave you the answer to one question while opening up 20 more questions. Just so that we can get to the next movie, which I have a feeling is going to probably play out more like a Halloween kill style of that. It's the middle film of what we're going to conclude in the epic finale. So I was a little bummed by that because it became evident that they're go around with this we'll make movies for you is really we're going to do like hour-long episodes and then come back with another hour-long episode and another and it's more of like and it's not even like a oh I'm annoyed that's like bad on them it's more of a oh damn I I was being greedy I guess I thought we were going to get you know South Park bigger longer and uncut once a month for like the next five years but no, we're we're getting episodes, and that's fine because it still hit every way that has made South Park one of my favorite shows for twenty five years, almost thirty years. However, however long that show has been on the air, I have been watching that show, uh, not because my parents allowed me to when it first started. There was just nothing they can do at that point with my older brothers and my oldest brother home at the time watching that show and me and him watching it together. So I've been exposed to South Park from the beginning. I've seen every episode multiple, multiple times, including the one time that South Park ever truly pissed me off, uh, which happened once. And it was the South Park episode with the 
with the drinking and the Virgin Mary and the bloody Virgin Mary statue, that that one, anybody who knows me and knows how Catholic I am, that one actually pissed off the Roman Catholic Catholicism in me. I actually got really like, I love dogma, but an episode of South Park got me with at one point and it was all because of what they did with the statue and Randy that I was like, I'm done. I'm, I'm over this. I can't deal with this. And yeah. And, but I've gone back and even rewatched that episode and I've grown to appreciate the satire and the fact that they made somebody with alcoholism feel like he was uh, more important. And the fact that they were looking at alcoholism and people thinking alcoholics, uh, the people that are like, I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. But cancer patients. Yeah. But, my alcoholism is more important than cancer patient. Not to take away from alcoholism and shoot it down, but it, it was the way that they did it. The way that their satire went about it was that perfect, like, oh, I see what you're doing. Very crass, very much crossed the line for me in my in my religion, but I see what you're doing, and I accept it. So only one episode of South Park's ever gotten me. Only one, which is saying a lot, because, I'm again, I'm the guy that watched Dogma and was totally totally cool with that but uh the post-covid special really funny going 40 years into the future uh i liked the joke still being there uh, my girlfriend not a big fan of that show she i have never asked her to watch anything south park with me i'm scared to show her rick and morty as well i think she'd like rick and morty but i'm, I'm a little nervous about that uh, because of how crude rick and morty can be and i know she does not like south park for the crudeness but there were a few jokes that she she was just in the room and kind of not really paying attention. But a few times I caught her paying attention and she was chuckling at the jokes because and at the end, even she said she was like uh, she, she she was not like, oh, I'm now a South Park fan. But she was like she just recognized of, oh, all right, the humor is a little more clever than just being the hate filled comedy that everybody knows it for that it's always been sold on foul mouth for foul mouth kids saying things they shouldn't say has always been the sell and she started she recognized that there are really clever joke like there's a cryptocurrency joke in there that that made her chuckle there's an anti-vax joke that really got her good that she actually was quoting afterwards uh, and it's and it was nothing more than just a play on words of of getting to the joke, and it wasn't crude or anything like that. But it was just a dumb joke that she went, "Oh wow, that's that's really funny." And I was like, "Yeah, that's what Matt and Trey are like." But yes, they also do have their Book of Mormon show, which no, I will never show her that. But I nearly, I nearly pissed myself. <laughs> That's it's the only time I wasn't ever drinking where I was like, wow, I need to get to a bathroom fast because my bladder is not going to make it. That's how hard I'm laughing at this. So uh, on that note, let's move on. There are some things. We are in the month of December. This episode's already going longer than I anticipated it to. Uh, we are in the month of December. There are a few things uh, for you to be excited about this month. And uh, I kind of wanted to run through them uh, with the month of December here uh, as I've lost my little sheet. Is it? Where is it? Oh, here it is. December is here. Some things to look forward to. Uh, things that definitely would entice you. Tons of movies. West Side Story comes out this month from Steven Spielberg. Very, very into that. The Being the Ricardos movie with Nicole Kidman as 
Lucille Ball. That's going to come out on the 10th, uh, as well as West Side Story. And I'm somewhat intrigued by that, but I got to admit, I'm not big on the Nicole Kidman casting for many a reasons. Uh, then you got the Don't Look Up killer comic comedy from Adam McKay. That's got Leo, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep, Ariana Grande, Kid Cudi, Jonah Hill, like just to name a handful of the names that are in that ensemble cast. Uh, that's going to be a good one coming to Netflix. Uh, of course, later this month, you got for Christmas, the Matrix 4, Matrix Resurrections coming out. Uh, and then some other kind of big movie called Spider-Man No Way Home, going to be out on the 17th. Uh, TV, lots to look forward to. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is back for its 15th season. The Rockefeller Tree Lighting going down. Uh, Annie Live is on NBC. The Sex and the City revival comes out this month, or I should say next next Thursday. Uh, Jim Gaffigan's got a stand-up special on Netflix. MacGruber, I talked about that last week. That series is going to hit Peacock on the 16th. So excited to find out what's going on with that. And the crazy, I'm just really stoked for that. I cannot believe I'm stoked for the MacGruber series, but here we are. And I've circled December 16th on my calendar to watch that without the girlfriend. Cause I can only imagine how extreme that's going to go. Uh, and then uh, of course we got holidays for the month of December. Uh, Christmas is a big one. Uh, I mean, we all know about Christmas. Hanukkah is going on, so uh, I want to say Happy Hanukkah to all of our uh, Hebrew listeners out there. I, I saw that we had some listeners in Israel, so Happy Hanukkah to uh, all of you. Yeah, that's a, that's a real thing. So thank you to the people downloading the show in Israel. Uh, very much appreciate that. So Hanukkah going on right now. Uh, National Cookie Day is going to be this Saturday. National Ice Cream Day is the 13th. Ugly Sweater Day is the 17th. Winter officially here. Jon Snow has been warning us about it, but winter arrives December 21st. Uh, Festivus for the rest of us is on the 23rd. Uh, and then, of course, New Year's Eve. And we finally say goodbye to 2021, which has been a pretty good year. Pretty, pretty good year. Although it hasn't been totally good because there has been uh there's still been some hiccups in 2021 for instance one of the big ones now that's been facing all of us has been the uh shortages uh and we are facing many shortages around the world again uh this isn't like the toilet paper shortages where everybody lost their mind and ran out and bought toilet paper no 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 we're facing real supply chain issues so uh for a second i got to get i got to get serious here for a second and talk about it because uh, our friends in Canada, they are facing a shortage that I just, I, I can't even fathom right now. They are facing a maple syrup shortage. So much so that the country has now tapped into its strategic reserves. And I have now contacted my overly stereotypical Canadian news friend for more information on this story. The Great White North is in quite the kerfuffle. A syrup shortage, eh? But don't soil your gitch. Just stick an extra bottle in your knapsack or hide it in your Chesterfield, eh? So if you're going out in a boat in the peg of the six, slip on your runners and go to Timmy's for a double-double. You might even get lucky and stumble on a two-four. And you may even have to spend an extra loony or a toonie, even if you're collecting a pogey. 
And don't forget to wear your toque, you hoser. Good luck, eh? Oh, yeah. So uh, good luck to our friends in Canada with their maple syrup shortage. Now that we've had a moment, let's get into the big headlines uh, happening in Hollywood right now. Let's talk some headlines from the Hollywood world. And I, I guess we'll start with the big one right now, uh, which is Nicolas Cage is going to be back in a Hollywood movie. Well, I should say in a major studio Hollywood movie because Nick Cage has been running uh, amok and winning all of our hearts over and over and over again and again and again in the indie world for the last decade now. Uh, His last major studio film was Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance back in 2011. So that's the last time you've seen Nicolas Cage in a big studio film until now because he has been cast as Dracula in an upcoming Universal Monster movie called Renfeld, which is going to star Nicholas Holt as the title character. Renfeld was Dracula's insane, bug-eating henchman. Uh, the movie's just being described as a modern-day adventure story with a comedic tone. That's all anybody is saying so far. But Nick Cage, who you might remember, sort of, kind of, played a vampire before. Back in The Vampire's Kiss, the 1989 dark comedy. So if you've ever seen that, I, I don't imagine he's going to be playing Dracula the same exact way, but... It's just, I'm so happy Nick Cage not only is back in a major Hollywood studio film because Nick Cage absolutely should be. I mean, listen, if you have not seen Mandy, uh, go watch Mandy. Like, that is Nick Cage. That that was a film that, re- one, it's a great movie. But two, Nick Cage is what makes that movie so damn fun because it's, why you love Nick Cage as an actor. It's it's Nick Cage acting. It's Nick Cage overacting, but not the bad type of like, it's the bees. Like it's, it's the perfect Nick Cage character and story and movie to tell. And I think Dracula is a great fit for him because that kind of fits Nick. Like Nick Cage can play that Dracula, but I'm also curious to see if he gives it that, that Nicholas Cage-ness because I wouldn't mind a Dracula that's a little over eccentric the way Nick Cage can be. But Nick Cage, he has been cast as Dracula in a Nicholas Holt starring Renfeld Universal Monster movie. And that's the other thing, too. Maybe we can find a way to to loop this into, like, revitalizing that Universal Darkverse, the Dark Universe. I, I know, review it, Rob, your ears just perked. Uh, I know how much you love that mummy movie with Nick Cage, like one of the only people I know that likes that movie. Uh, yeah, shots fired, baby. Shots fired, baby. This is like an AEW promo right now. I'm CM Punk mentioning The Miz. Oh. Shout out to our wrestling fans. But yeah, I, I would love I'd like any any chance to get Nick Cage's Dracula and to find a way to get him into more universal stuff. Got it. Got to make it happen. Uh, so, also earlier, I mentioned uh, I was t- I've been talking about Spider-Man: No Way Home that comes out later this month. Uh, I teased it earlier on. It appears that even though Spider-Man: No Way Home is the end of an MCU trilogy with Spider-Man, uh, Amy Pascal over at Sony, I guess, confirmed that this is not going to be the last movie with Tom Holland portraying Spider-Man, or the last movie they are going to be making with Marvel and Spider-Man. Tom Holland starring as the character that they're thinking 
that there's at least three more films and they're working on the next three currently. Everybody's kind of been jumping on that. Like, okay, a lot to dissect on that. Because the first thing is, can we talk about how it appears Tom Holland is going to be the only MCU character to portray that character in more than just their own trilogy? I know we got Thor coming out with the fourth one, but if this is true, that means that Spider-Man is going to be the longest, like, and Tom Holland is going to be the longest running superhero in the MCU. Which is just kind of cool. I'm just going to take a minute and say that's kind of cool because, you know, Robert Downey Jr., he did his trilogy. Boom, gone. Captain America, Chris Evans, kind of had his trilogy. It's weird to call Civil War the third film in Captain America because it's really like Avengers 2.5. But, you know, he did his three, gone. Hulk, well, we know what happened there. They did one with Edward Norton and then Mark Ruffalo showed up. Uh, so yeah, you know, it's kind of wild to think that Spider-Man is going to be the one that has the longest tenure, but it also makes sense because we've all loved Tom Holland. He's still young. The character is young. Tom doesn't look like, you know, Tobey Maguire did. And when he was dancing emo style down the street in the third one, like Tom Holland still looks like the kid. And also, you know, it, I, I have a weird feeling as well that when they say, like, here's the other part of it that I wanted to dissect. I have a feeling as well that when Amy Pascal says that they're working on three more films with Marvel in the MCU, that this also might be the way that Marvel has kind of been working with Sony on, say, the Venom movies and the Morbius film and all of that. We know that Sony has this big, grandiose, they want to do a Sinister Six Sure, it looks like No Way Home. We're getting a version of this. We're we're getting the Sinister Six. I'm not even going to say a version of it, but we we clearly are seeing those characters there. There's something going on there. They're building out their villains in the Spider-Man universe at Sony. I feel like that's what they mean. That we're going to end up seeing three Spider-Man movies that, yeah, they'll tie into the MCU, but they're not going to be the MCU-centric ones that we've been seeing. Like, we're not talking Spider-Man opposite, you know, Doctor Strange. We could get that again. But, like, I just don't think they're tying in the way that everybody might be jumping onto because I could see this being more of a we're working with them on MCU-centric films that also tie into this, more so our Sony-verse of these Spider-Man movies because you got to remember it is Sony's property. So I just, you know, it's still awesome. I'm absolutely stoked on this. I mean, we know the Craven, the Hunter films are coming. I got to mention Morbius Venom. So like, that's what I feel like we're going to get. Like it's going to be the Venom Spider-Man movie is the MCU film that they're working on that. As we saw, you know, at this point I'm going to say it because I'm, you know, as you saw in the post credit scene in Venom, that was a game changer. That was a huge moment that opened that door and kicked it open. So that's what I feel she's hinting towards, is that that door was kicked open where Marvel was like, yes, you can play within our world because you've been so kind, so good, so wonderful. We've worked out these deals. Sure, Venom can pop into here and we can make these things work and then we can find a way to tie it in. I think that's what we're talking here. I think we're talking like 
Venom Spider-Man is one of those films. And then, you know, another Spider-Man movie and stuff like that, which then leads to like the Sinister Six, which could potentially, I think, lead to like Miles Morales being brought in. And that could be a way for the two to keep working together because then you have Sony doing Miles and then you can tie Miles into uh, the Avengers and stuff like that into that next generation of uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Mans, Spider-whatevers in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, sticking with Spider-Man really quickly, uh, No Way Home, it's poised to be the, one of the biggest films of the year and the advanced ticket sales, uh, they're, they're indicating that. They went on sale Monday in just two hours. The film broke the record for Fandango's da, 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 da. Uh, first day of pre-sales in 2021. It bested Marvel's earlier release this year, Black Widow. So in two hours, it bested Black Widow. Uh, but it also scored the biggest first day advance ticket sales on Fandango da, da, da. Uh, since 2019's Avengers Endgame which would score the box office record for biggest opening weekend of all time with the $357 million that it made. Now, obviously No Way Home is not making $357 million because we are still in the COVID box office era where a lot of people are not going to movies, uh, certain demographics aren't. But seeing that it's already tied Endgame's pre-sale record uh, makes me believe that Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which holds $224 million at the domestic box office, that's been the record holder for highest grossing film of the year so far. I really feel like No Way Home is going to dethrone that easily. But it does raise the question, because I know some people get mad about it and start questioning it. It does raise the question of, with it being a December release, if it makes... Well, it's going to be a different box office as well because it's probably going to make a lot of its money up front as opposed to in the past where, you know, a lot of money would also continue into the new year. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like this film is setting up to be a big success. Uh, it's really, you know, the box office has been there. It's been there recently, despite what people are telling you. It's been there. I know people looked at the Thanksgiving box office and went, what an underwhelming performance. I didn't see that. I saw a box office that was very that was very split in its audience that you had two family-friendly films that raked in 40 million plus with Enchanto and Ghostbusters. So, you know, you had close to 100 million just from two family-friendly flicks. If Ghostbusters ain't there, Enchanto is going to probably make like 80 million dollars. It's going to make the Ghostbusters audience. The issue is, is the Ghostbusters audience is the family audience as well. And that film 100% was made for families and perfect for this time of the year. So you got Shang-Chi at $224 million, but I'm predicting No Way Home going to easily surpass that. Plus, to be fair, I would argue that, and, and this is also my argument with the box office as well, the box office is there if we want to see the movie, which I know you're probably like, and water is wet, Nick. But at the what I mean by that is we're always going to go to the box office. We're always going to go see these movies. And I kind of was hinting at this with, with the last duel last week when Ridley Scott was blaming millennials. Like, millennials are the ones going to the box office the most right now. The thing is, is, is it a film we care about? We clearly care about the Spider-Man movie. 
Why? We've been waiting for this damn movie since the last one came out. Why? It's connected to like 30 other movies that we care about. Hence, you look at what it's breaking. It's breaking records or it's tying records or it looks like it's going to set pandemic box office records that are all beating other Marvel films. Like, these are built-in audiences. These are the core audiences where the films that are struggling are like your last duels where it's not intended mainly for our audience, a millennial audience. It's intended for an older one or or a historical one or this one or that or a film lover one. Like, I wanted to see The Last Duel because that's Ridley Scott, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Adam Driver. Like, it's it's a cast that's going to act their balls off and a director that knows how to direct his balls off. Like, I'm totally into that. Love, like, I want to see that, but at the same time, I was rushing to see Shang-Chi over the last duel because if I don't see Shang-Chi, then I'm going to be confused as to what's happening in the Marvel Universe and there's probably a tie-in there that's going to matter to something else that I'm about to watch in like a month anyway. Waiting on the last duel, I'll see it. So, uh, But it looks like No Way Home is going to definitely be uh, on their way to a big, big box office. Uh, And now, uh, before we get to the end, because we're getting close to the end uh chucky want to mention this the chucky tv series has been renewed for a season two at usa network and sci-fi that news came right ahead of this week's season one finale which dropped yesterday i am three weeks behind now uh that's including the finale on the chucky series but good news is it is officially on the peacock streaming service so if you have peacock you can uh, check out that Chucky series now. And uh, I, I've talked about Chucky in the episodes that I have watched. This this show is awesome. It's so damn good. It is absolutely uh, worth a watch if you are a fan of the Chucky franchise. Even if you're not really a fan of the Chucky franchise, I think it's something that could get you reinvested into the Chucky franchise. It's really fun and and really knows... And legit, each week you're getting a kill in that show. Like your kill of the week is as big or if not bigger than any of the ones that they have done in the movies. Just to give you an idea of how violent and how like where they're spending their money. Like it's all practical, baby. All practical. Oh yeah, and there is one other piece of information, probably the most exciting uh, piece of information, which hold on. Uh, while While I get ready for that, Uh, teasing you up and hyping you up for what could this extremely exciting piece of information be? What possibly could be the thing that Nick's like, oh, I saved the best for last. What could it be? It could be the fact that Channing Tatum is coming back as Magic Mike, baby. That's right, Magic Mike's last dance. Oh, so damn excited for this. So it's only going to be on HBO Max. Steven Soddenberg is back, though. So it's got the same director as the first film, same writer as the first two. Oh, man. And Channing Tatum, one last time, Mike Lane. Going to be tapping in, baby. Seriously, I cannot explain how excited I am. Like, this was the news that when it broke, I was like, baby. Baby, Magic Mike 3's coming. That's cool. <laughs> like, that was the response I got. 
because I swear, if you're like, dude, why are you excited for Magic Mike? Go watch the first movie and the second movie. Like, you just haven't seen the movies because they are not intended for girls. They are total trickery. They are trickery, man. Like, that first movie came out and every girl was like, oh my God, Channing Tatum's doing a movie based on his stripper days? This is going to be fantastic. And then every guy was like, crap, I got to go see Channing Tatum in a stripper movie. And then walked away and all the women went, there really wasn't enough stripping. There was like no stripping in that movie. And all the men walked away and were like, what a funny movie that was. Because it's a comedy. It is clearly written for dudes. It is. And the sequel is clearly written for dudes as well, but they do give a little more of the stripping in the sequel. But that's not even like, like even as a straight dude, you can like watch that and be like, yeah, that's cool. But the rest of it is so damn funny. It is a comedy. Both are comedies. Like you'll watch that first one and you'll be like, why are they talking about the stock market? Because that's what they do in Magic Mike. They talk about money. So yeah, Magic Mike's Last Dance is going to be available on HBO Max. Uh, and sign me up, baby. Literally. Sign me up. Literally. Like, I'll, I'll, Pony, baby. Genuine's excited. That'll do it for the Mr. Wonderful Show this week. Have a great one, everybody. Remember, please subscribe, like, share the show. This craziness. Go ahead and share it. I dare you. Peace and love. 